So you guys will be excited to hear that I found Sid and she was just at Jenica's house. And so now, conveniently, we have someone here who'd like to introduce themselves. Hey, everyone. Hey, Jill. Thank you for inviting me to your podcast. I think we need to thank Sid. She found you. So thanks, Sid. Yay, her. Yeah. So let me introduce myself to your audience yes yeah the 12 people audience. listening that's a good that's number a yeah that's a good number so my name is Janika Patel mm-hmm. and uh, I'm a Hindu I've been married for five years and before that I dated my husband for three years I live with my in-laws who are very traditional as yet and yeah that's it about me okay how about you tell me something that's not related to your marriage something fun about you so Jenica is not my real name. Ooh, that's so mysterious. Sid, who was this random person you've just brought along with you? Which one on the street? Jenica from the streets. I'm just a wise lady. So you're here to provide us with all the wise words that you have. All right, I'll take it. I don't want my husband to hold this podcast against me. (laughs) That's why I have to use obvious name. Okay, well, Jenica, you shall remain as mysterious as they come. Thank you. Okay, cool. Let's get into this now. So I want before we get into your whole process of being married, can you tell me the story of how you met your husband? Yeah, sure. So Kim, he and I, Mm -hmm. uh, we had just come out of relationship at around the same time. And his work colleagues were mutual friends with me. Mm-hmm. So they set us up on a date. You know, they thought of it as, you know, a rebound. <laughs> I just have a re- rebound relationship and uh-huh. you both get over your re- breakups. So we met up, we went for pizza, mm-hmm. but we did not like yes. each other. We were like on the opposite end. I, I think it was tough for us, very awkward and uncomfortable for both of us. Mm-hmm. So after that, we we never like proceeded forward with the relationship or even give it a shot. We mm-hmm. just let ourselves be. And then after like six years. After six he, years. Yeah. After six years, uh-huh. he had a change of heart. He saw me on his workmate, the one who introduced us. Uh-huh. He saw me on her Instagram and he wanted to give it another try. He found me hot. So I was, I can say I was not bad looking. I was. So, I'm sorry. No, can we can we I, stop there for a second? Why are you referring to that in past tense? I don't want to brag. Yeah. No, oh, come no. on. You have to brag. Be yeah. humble about it. Be honest about it. You're fine. Yeah. Anyway, it's normal. He saw me on Instagram and he wanted to give it another shot. And I had to think about it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't interested because of what happened six years ago, but a good friend of mine who is very wise or who is still very wise, Uh she advised me that, you know, six years is a long time and everyone changes with time. So I decided to give it a shot. So what I did was I didn't meet him for one month. Mm -hmm. I told him, no, let's have a chat and get to know each other properly and then we can meet afterwards. So after one month, we met up and I I liked his persona. The date went fantastic. Uh And that's how, like, we then just got married after like two, three years then. Oh, sorry, three years. Yes. Three years. Yeah. Sorry, my numbers keep, I am not very good with numbers, but yeah. So we dated for three years. In those three years, I got to know him. We had our ups and downs like any other relationship. But I knew in my heart that I... He was the one for me and he felt the same. That's such a, that's like a movie story, you know, you bump into each other six years later and you just fall in love and live happily ever after. Yeah, I didn't know. Like it was even a shocker for me, like, you know, like we would get back together. Uh huh. It didn't even cross your mind. Yeah, it didn't cross my mind, like from all the boys. Yeah. Because it was dead in, his name was never there. Mm-hmm. So it was like really shocking that he's the one I got with. But I feel that maybe destiny or fate had played a hand at it. Yeah, it's true. If you believe in, if you believe in those kind of things. I do. And yeah. I, I definitely think it's when it's like when you expect it the least, it's the most surprising person that 
stands by you or you get to spend the rest of your life with. So it's nice to see that we have a case study to present uh, <laughs> for that. So when you, how did you guys decide to get married? What was, what, what was the conversation that led you to think, okay, let's get married? And how did you proceed to tell your respective families about it? So he knew from the minute he met me that I was the one he wanted mm. to get married to the first time. The first time we went on a date, uh-huh. he knew that he wanted to get married to me. Uh, for me, it definitely took me some time because mm-hmm. I was loving my freedom as yeah. a single girl. So what made me realize he's the one for me is he's such a nice guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's fun. He's nice. He's very easygoing, very chill. And in my heart, I felt that he's the one for me. I just had a feeling that he's the one I I will not get tired of loving even after marriage. That sounds so romantic. (laughs) One that we should all strive to get. (laughs) Yeah, look at me blushing. Yeah. I hope he doesn't listen to this podcast. I hope he does. (laughs) He's going to go away. I hope he does. With marriage from most couples I've met is just this feeling you get once you know you just know that this is the person I want to get married to it's a feeling you can't describe mm-hmm. but when you meet someone you'll just know that this is my soulmate or this is the person I want to spend the rest of my life with in that moment you'll just feel it you know this is this reminds me of all those times that I've asked somebody or you see in movies like explain how do you know and the person's yeah. like you just know Exactly. You just know. You just have this different feeling that you never had with other guys. Mm-hmm. And the most important thing is you feel secure. You feel safe mm-hmm. with that person. And that's the main thing. Yeah. yeah. So I'm guessing maybe in these Indian movies, they can't explain it. Like how the hero in Hero is falling in love. But it's just something you can't describe. So did he propose or did you? No. Was there a, just a, a mutual discussion? No, he did. He did. He did. He proposed. Yeah. Were you shocked oh, when it happened? Do you want? Do you want to tell us about it, or is that a best kept secret? It just happened randomly. Like there was nothing special about it. He just said to me that I want to marry you. Just one day when we went out for coffee. Oh. He's like, you're the girl I want to spend the rest of my life with. That's the that was the proposal. There was no roses. There was no <laughs> that special arrangement. Nothing. No, but that's that's special in its own way as well. Like he was having, he was yeah. doing the most ordinary thing with you, and he decided that I want to do the most ordinary things with this extraordinary person for the rest of my life. So. It's it's romantic in its own way. Yeah. He really goes over and beyond for me. Mm-hmm. Definitely, everyone says that he loves me more, which I would agree. But he's really sweet and he really goes out of his way for me. Mm-hmm. I want to have like a, a digression here for a second because yeah. you mentioned this uh, loves me more thing. My mom tells me that you need to find somebody who's in love with you more than you are in love with them. Definitely. I think, and I don't know whether people judge people, this, but this is my experience from the people mm-hmm. around me that you should marry a person who loves you more than you love them. Mm-hmm. So in this case, like for a woman, if the man loves you more, that means he's in it, you know? Yes. Most of the times, if it's the opposite way, the lady always gets um, misused, uh, you know, like she'll just be played around like a toy. I you agree. should definitely find a guy who loves more than you love Mm-hmm. Because then you know it's a real genuine connection. Yes. In this, in today's age of dating and romance and Tinders, <laughs> I don't think we can count Tinder, romance <laughs> or dating. Hey, people have found love matches on both sides. <laughs> I guess those are the rare, the rare ones then. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorry, I digress for there. But let's go back to what happened. How did you tell your family that this is the guy that I want to marry? Did they always know? Were they surprised? So I did tell them that I am dating. Mm-hmm. And that it's not like they, of course, they did ask me that. Is it serious? Do you see a future in it? And um, I definitely had a talk first with my dad because I, I'm open with my father. So mm-hmm. I had a talk with him about it. And he was very like encouraging he's like so for real see where it takes you you know at the age when I met my husband I think I was around 28 years old Mm -hmm. 
almost turning 29. That's when I met him. And in Indian culture, that is too old to get married. Yes. yes. Right? Yes, it is. Yeah. So he told me to take my time to get to know whether this is the man for me or not. Because there is no point of rushing into it. Yes. And, and a few years later, we are no longer together. And uh, because of his wise words and his encouragement, and I got to know him over the period of the three years. And then I decided to marry. I definitely introduced him to my family after a few months. Mm-hmm. Like, let me, seven, eight months, I introduced him to my, to my family to get to know what they think of him. You know, my sisters to see what they thought of him. Because family, for me, family and the opinion matters a lot to me. And they loved him. Mm-hmm. I think they love him more than me. <laughs> I think so. You think so? Yeah, that's very hard. Cool, but yes. <laughs> well, now you have to do stuff to get them back on your side. Yeah, I have to. But Definitely have to. You yeah. need them on your side in an argument, you know. Playing tug of war, they better be tugging on your side. Yeah, I have to. So after we married, we've been going out for dinners with my family, events, whatnot. And later onwards, my parents told me that it's now time to like settle down. Uh-huh. So I talked to him and he talked to his parents about it. And I talked to my parents. He introduced me to his parents. We started getting to know each other's families. And mm-hmm. it just happened so seamlessly and so fast. Mm-hmm. You know, when they say that. It hit you like a truck. Yes, how mad it was for me. Like, I couldn't believe that I'm already married. It happened so fast, but it's not something I regret. I'm happy that I'm married and I'm onto another stage of life. That's a really good way to look at it. That despite the fact that it went by so fast and so quickly, it's not something that's made you regret your decisions or made you regret the journey that you've been on. I think that's that's really good. That means that you... You're happy and you've made a good decision. Definitely. Definitely. I'm happy that I give him another chance. Yes. Or we, let me not say I, myself, we give both. We give each other. We give each other a chance. And uh, it's been going well so far. Touch wood. And I also would like to say that perhaps I'm in this stage for marriage where I'm happy and I'm not frustrated. And, you know, I've accepted the next phase of life, which everyone says is marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's because even in my single life I was given a lot of freedom to do what I want so I don't regret some yes. people their freedom is cut like mainly girls their freedom is cut they're not allowed to do a lot of things like travel go out have fun with friends and you know yeah. explore yourselves who you are what you like but my my parents never restricted me. I've traveled a lot. They've let me take part in a lot of things. Uh-huh. You know, just let me be myself. And I think that's really helped me. I think even when you went to your dad to speak to him about that you've met someone and he said, even even though, and I put this in quotes and I take, please take this very lightly when I say this, that you were too yeah. old or had passed the age of marriage. Even despite that, he told you to take your time and get to know somebody is probably one of the most amazing and commend. I have so much more respect for your dad right now. Not that I didn't have before, but yeah, thank you so much. That's the wow. If I could do a standing ovation, (laughs) but I would advise everyone to like first get to know yourself, explore yourself before you get into a relationship. So you know what you're bringing to the table. You know who you are, what you want. Are you compatible? Do you have the same mindset of things? That really helps in relationships. I agree. Most of us are scared of exploring ourselves. We've not been taught like, it's okay to be who you are. You know, you don't have to be perfect or like the movie stars or influencers. You just have to be yourself. You have to know what you want. If you're an introvert, it's okay. If you're an extrovert, it's fine. You don't have to be, an extrovert doesn't have to be an introvert and vice versa. Mm-hmm. You just have to be happy with yourself and feel safe and know yourself both as well. You're very wise. Speaking of, Sid actually brought up something in our last conversation where she said a lot of times you have to have the conversation of, Do you want kids? Do you not want kids? Like, what is the financial situation? How is all of that going to go? 
a lot of times people don't really have that conversation before they get married. Was that a conversation that you had with your husband before? Like, did you speak to any of those serious topics, finances, children, older life, any of the sorts? Did, did you have that conversation? Uh, yes, we definitely had it before. I don't know what we say three years ago. It's a long time, I can't remember. But I, one thing I know definitely is once you get married, all that changes. Yes. Before marriage, you live in a dream bubble. Uh -huh. But once you get married and you get to know what the situation is mm -hmm. and how you have to adjust so much and how your responsibilities increase, you, you have to be realistic about your finances and, you know, all these small, small things that come up in your marriage, how to handle them, you know. For kids, definitely, I think that was the most important question before marriage. Okay. Do you want kids or no kids? And we both want kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's important to discuss before you get married because you don't want to get into a marriage and you've not discussed this and it comes up too much. Yes. And I think this is a very important topic to discuss, specifically like procreation in its yes. entirety, like all of it. Yes. Because women are just expected to want kids. It's like nobody... I don't know if you've ever noticed, but nobody really asks, do you want kids? They're just like, how many kids do you want? Do you, have you ever noticed exactly. that? Yeah, exactly. And especially after marriage, once you get married, that one year of honeymoon, once it's gone, everybody is on your case. Have kids, have kids, have kids. You know, nobody wants to give you that time to spend, you know, enjoying your marriage, trying to adjust into your new life. Everybody is no, now on to the next phase. When are you getting your child? first child, first child? Once you get your first child, when's your second? Are you planning to get other kids as well? You know, that's how society is. Yeah. Yes. The questions never stop. But no. that should not influence you into what you want to do. Both okay. you and your husband. It shouldn't influence. Okay. So the next obvious step would be the day of your wedding. Can you take me through your thoughts on the day of the wedding like you're sitting there on the mandap what are your thoughts what is going through your mind how are you feeling well first i was anxious because i was around so many people i had anxiety uh -huh. because i'm also claustrophobic and there were so many people but it was really nice to see everyone come and support you on that day and everything went smoothly and it was nice knowing that the person sitting next to you you're going to be with him forever Yes. It was even a different change for me as well in terms of family. I knew I would not be with them again. I would not be going back to my dad's house to stay with my mom, my sisters, my siblings, my father. So it was bittersweet for me as yes. well. Yeah. So it's like you're gaining a partner, you're gaining a new family, but you're also losing out a bit on your other family when you get married. Okay, this isn't a question about all of this stuff, but it is a question I think is is an interesting conversation. Just saying, like, look at the different perspectives. You guys are both getting married, but he, on the other hand, is going to go home with what with you and is going to have an additional family. Whereas you are leaving your family and going with him. Yeah. And he and I wouldn't say losing it, but that that part of your life is now, you know, a closed book. And you're opening either a new chapter or a new book and you're never going to go back there again in the same sense. So does it does it feel like things should be different, that it shouldn't be that way? Or do you think that this is this makes sense? Okay, let's see whether I got it right or not. Okay. So definitely once a woman gets married, especially in the Indian culture, most of us stay with the in-laws, mm -hmm. right? So your lifestyle is going to change completely. It will be an overnight overhaul, completely change of your life. You know, everything that you knew, everything that you're used to, everything changes the minute mm -hmm. you get married. You have to live in a house, you know, apart from your husband, the rest are still strangers to you because you don't know yet. You're still forming relationships with them. Mm -hmm. You have to get used to their house behaviors. You have to get used to their routine. You know, it was a big change for me. Mm -hmm. But you as a woman, if you're flexible about and ready to let go of some things, then it's much, it makes life much easier for you. Like my husband complains that he had a huge bed for himself, but now he has to share that bed with me and he only gets <laughs> a quarter of it. <laughs> that was a big change for him. 
That was the big change for him. He had to sleep now on just photo. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of things change for the woman. You also, when you're under your parents, you have that protective umbrella. Hmm. But once you get married, you realize that most of the things you have to do for yourself, you do not have that protective umbrella. Your mom and dad won't come and save you. You have to save yourself. You have to start being an adult about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And if you have supportive in-laws who accept you as you are, you're really blessed. Okay. Yeah. Like, I think I'm one of them. My in-laws have been very chill and they've given me a lot of freedom. Not much of my life before marriage has changed. Mm-hmm. I still do what I used to do. And they've been very supportive and very understanding and they've given me time to adjust as well. Mm-hmm. Many people don't realize that, especially the woman doesn't realize that when you come into the house, of your husbands, if you're staying with your in-laws, they also have to adjust to you. You're also a new stranger to them. Mm-hmm. That's it's very a new well said. For them. Yeah, it's a new relationship for them. So you also have to give them space to get used to your looks and your behavior, to learn who you are as a person, your personality, what you like, what you don't like. And I think that's where many of us go wrong. We think about ourselves, which is not wrong. But sometimes we forget the other party. That's such a refreshing and incredible insight. I have not heard anyone speak about how that the in-laws also have to adjust. And I think that's that speaks profoundly about you as a person, but also how the thinking that you just went through is like, yeah, I had to adjust and figure out my life and how it fits into this family. But they also had to do the same with me. I think, wow. You think a lot, a lot of, about a lot of things, you know. And if you have, like, my husband and I, we are very open. And we are very open about everything. Be it nasty or be it bad or be it something that it will hurt you. But we have a very open communication about things. And, that's, and I think that communication really helps us understand each other what the other party is thinking, what I am thinking, what I find wrong or right, and what they find wrong. It really helps to understand. The main thing is communication. There's that barrier. Yes. And if you don't break that barrier, if you do not communicate that, look, I don't like this, or I don't want to eat this, or this is what I do. I wake up at seven, I do A, B, C, D. If you don't explain yourself, you don't communicate your needs, your wants, what you like, what you don't like, no one is going to figure you out. Yes. You know, no one is a mind reader. You have to explain to them. And you also have to be willing to, you know, open up, get to know them. It's basically a generation breakdown, you know. You have to understand they're from a different generation. Their thinking is based on that generation. And in this generation, we are more open-minded and let go of more things, you know. Like nowadays, marriage, they say, is an institution and it's not a must. You go through with it. You can mm-hmm. even do a living, you know, or just date or be single. And that's totally fine, you know. Yes. You have to be open-minded about a lot of things. So I want to go back to the day of your wedding because I really want to know how you went through the day how did you so you were feeling anxious but you were also it was like a whole bittersweet moment for you what happened when you said you know your vidai and you sat in that so I've been to a lot of Indian weddings and I've always wondered what conversations and what goes on once you the bride and the groom get into the car and go to wherever they're going like ride off into the sunset obviously you're not actually doing that but Tell me to your best recollection, like what was the conversation you had? You were obviously upset and happy and scared. You're just a bundle of all these mixed emotions. How did, how just, you know what, just take it from there. Once I said bye to everyone and I sat in the car. So it was my now husband, um, his brother and a friend. They were in the same car and they were all, they checked up on me because they saw me crying. They asked, are you okay? Um, they made a, li- a few jokes here and there, you know, just to cheer me up or more. And that's tr- how it went. I do not remember the conversations, but once I entered the car, I felt very different. I felt very strange because I felt I'm coming to, you know, my life is, has changed. Yeah. At that point, when I entered the car, my life changed. Like I had, like leave everything I knew about for the past 30 years and start afresh. Yeah. You know, I get to know everyone, 
change my lifestyle and everything. It's been hard, no doubt, you know. And uh, yeah, so once we reached home, everyone was there. My sister-in-law, she was very helpful and very understanding and she took care of me, which was really sweet knowing that his family accepted me. Mm-hmm. That's a very big thing in Indian culture. Yes. As long as you know that the boy's family accepts you, you know you'll be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it would be easier for you to settle down. So she was a really big help in helping me settle down, getting to understand all the family relations because his uncles and aunties flew down just like two, three days before the wedding. So I didn't get to meet all of them. So all that happened, introductions to the new family. They they asked me whether I want to eat and what I need and mm-hmm. if I need my space. That's basically what happened. And then after that, we just went to the, the tribe oh, hotel. Well. And I, I think we just left. We were too tired. So basically, that's how my my day went mm-hmm. from the time I sat in the car. I've never, well, I wouldn't, I feel like I've never had any life-changing moments as drastic as you, but... Now that I think back on it, I'm remembering times where I was like, oh, my life's never going to be the same now. And I've had it quite a few times, but I've never been away from or I've never had the sense that the umbrella that I've been under, as you put it, has been taken away from me. And so I'm just trying to imagine myself in your shoes. And I honestly, I, I find myself short of imagining how I would feel at that moment. And it just makes me feel like, I don't think I want to do that. I want to go back under the umbrella and just stay there for the rest of my exactly. life. Like, I, like, trust me, Jill, that's the moment you know, oh my God, shit, I'm an adult, man. Till that moment, you don't realize it because you're staying yeah. with your parents. Mm-hmm. But the minute that protective umbrella goes, you're like, shit, now I'm an adult. I have to do everything for myself. So then obviously, they have their passions. They're not changing anything but their lifestyle. But we have to. Yeah. But as I say, as long as you have a supportive family and friends, you will be okay. You know, but you have to make an effort as well. Because mm-hmm. you're an alien to them. You have to make an effort. Without effort, it won't work. Yes. It has to be both sides. Yes. So once you got married, is there anything about your career and personal goals that changed? Yeah, or- it changed. So for my uh, my career and my personal goals changed drastically because now I also had more responsibilities in the house. Before, you know, you're with your mother, she would take care of you and everything. But now you have to also help around in the house. Mm-hmm. You're the second mother, you know, and... Also, my in-laws are owned as well. So I also have to like, take care of them. Yes. As now they're my new parents. Yes. So uh, you definitely have to take care of them. And so my, my career took a setback a little bit, mm-hmm. a little bit, but not so much. My in-laws have been very supportive of me finding a job and all that. I do consultancy work mm-hmm. and they're okay with me working on that, being a consultant and work. So for personal development... I feel that there's been no sacrifice on my part for personal development. I feel like I've actually grown because once you get married, you're also introduced to a new social circle. Mm -hmm. You get to discover new things. You get to meet new people. And all that helps you in your personal development. So I feel there was no setback in terms of personal development. I still, like I mentioned to you, that I still have luckily for me even after marriage I still have the freedom to do what I want yes so um, I can still work on my personal goals there's been no sacrifice from on my end but I believe once you do have kids everything takes a setback yeah kids are generally but that's yeah. a, that's a setback of your choosing though um, yeah. also you see that's like a very like a, a topic that you're walking on eggshells because yeah you know, it's like, even though you want those kids and it shouldn't be a setback. You know. No, I believe that some personal development goals will take a setback mm-hmm. because you have to sacrifice some time for your husband, for your kids, you know, and that will come from your personal development time. Like if I had six hours now, I'll have to cut it short and divide it for my children as well because I have to make them go in terms of personal development as well. So in marriage, if your husband is supportive of you, and you, the changes in your life are not drastic, I think you can still go on with your personal goals. You might take one year, one and a half, maybe if you had a setback, but I believe that every woman sh- should have her own goals as well, not depend on her husband for everything. 
you should have goals of your own. I think that's a really important thing to remember is that irrespective of whether you're married or not, you should always be able to stand on your two feet. If you're in a exactly. bad marriage, if something terrible has happened, you should be able to not sacrifice who you are as a person and go through all of this heartache and tough times when you can just say, you know what? No, I can stand on my two feet. So that's what I'm going to do. You can go, you know, shove it. Yes, exactly. A woman should not depend entirely on her husband. Yes. You have you have to grow yourself. You have to develop yourself. We human beings have to grow mm-hmm. organically and naturally. So you cannot rely on your husband for everything. You still have to be independent. Yeah, agreed completely. 100%. I do have a question though. So the living situation after your marriage, was there a discussion on whether you'd be living with your in-laws or would you be living separately or... Was it just like a given that just because, you know, your husband is has older parents that you would just generally move in with with them? How did you also feel about the idea of living with your in-laws? Did you think that when whenever you got married, you would be separate or were you prepared to live with in-laws? So before we got married, we were advised by many people. Mm-hmm. that we should live separately. It gives your marriage a chance to grow. You mm-hmm. have your freedom and you have your space to grow Yes, as a couple. Mm-hmm. We got that advice. But as I mentioned, my in-laws are old and they need to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. So my husband did explain to me that situation and I was very open about it. I was, I was okay with that because I had already met them. I knew their personalities. They're very good people, you know, not too critical and all. So I was okay to live with them. But I know majority of people, they find it very hard to live with them. It's very hard. Most of the people around me, they find it quite hard to live with them. Mm-hmm. But I might be one of the rare cases and few cases you must have heard of that is okay to stay with the in-laws. Yes. I feel there were, uh, I feel there were a very huge support system for me and my husband in the first two years. They're very supportive, very wise. Their advice, you know, and their support, I think, has really helped us to stay together through the fights, through the chaos and everything that comes with marriage. You're bringing in a lot of fresh perspective into this because in the States, a lot of Indian couples, particularly first generation Americans and even some that have immigrated from India, generally don't live with in-laws as soon as they get married they move into their new house just in my family my cousin as soon as he got married they didn't go to a hotel they didn't go to his house they went to the house him and his wife bought together so that's where they wow. saw last night yeah yeah and- that's how it is generally yeah uh, they like i'd say 90 percent of people would prefer to stay on their own if i also had the option to stay with my husband alone i would be okay with it yeah, it's not like I'm against it, but even I would be up for it. But mm-hmm. neither did it, you know, bug me that I had to stay with them. I was also open for that idea. You know, everyone is different. And it's- 95% of people would like their privacy and their own space, you know, to grow mm-hmm. and to be able to express themselves and all. Yes, agreed. But it's this is, I guess, this is another reason why you and your husband were the puzzle pieces that just fit together perfectly. Because if it was any other person in your situation, they probably, especially in this day and age with just the way things are, yeah, probably would not be okay with having the living situation that you do. So I guess this is another reason that you guys just fit together perfectly, isn't it? Oh, thanks. I told you destiny. Yes, destiny. You did say that. I'm... So what are, what, are, what are the biggest challenges that you faced as a married woman? And how did you overcome them? So the biggest challenge I had was um, trying to keep it, trying to please everyone, not being able to take in criticism in a good positive manner. Also trying to balance everything, you know. Uh-huh. There's a lot of things that come like balancing your family, your new family, your husband, your friends, your social circle, your workmates, all that is a bit intense in the starting because you do not want to make anyone feel left out or, oh, Jenica got married, so now she's forgotten me or she's too busy in her marriage to even bother with me and I was there for her before her marriage. You know, you do not want such comments do you, did you get those comments or did you just prepare oh, yourself? I did not. 
No, I did not. I did not. I think my biggest worry was cooking good food because I sucked <laughs> at cooking. I hated cooking. So that was my biggest worry. Honestly. And, and what about what about now? Now I think I can I can say I'm decent. I can make rotis round. So I think I'm good. <laughs> I miss round rotis. So the really standard good. is if you can make round rotis. You're good at cooking. I can't say good, but I can make decent food, which, yes, it took me quite a while to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that was one of them for me, cooking. Because I I invested most of my life, before I got married, into my career. Uh-huh. Having more fun. I Cooking was not a necessity for me to learn. But after marriage, I realized it has to be, you know, because someone is depending on you. Mm-hmm. And the, the sweet thing is, even my husband, he supports me and... He also joins in the cooking and he, he's very open-minded. He does not think that a woman's place is in the kitchen. Yes. That's not his thought. But he's very helpful. He feels it's everyone's responsibility. Like Cooking is a, is a essential skill that I everyone needs to agree. learn. Not just yeah. cooking, but like cooking, cleaning. These are basic skills. Not even skills. These are basic needs that you need to have as an exactly. individual. Not just as a... Yeah female or a male but like as an individual because if something happens and you live by yourself you need to be able to feed yourself because if you don't you die and if you that's don't feed the environment that you're in you're going to be living in a dump that's going to get diseased and you're going to die so yeah exactly <laughs> to avoid death learn how to cook and learn how exactly. to eat. the other thing that i also found very hard was like i told you i was in a productive bubble yes. when i was living with my parents like i didn't take any of the responsibilities like paying bills, you know, the responsibilities your parents took now, I had to take that. So that paying bills, like, yes, my husband would pay the bill, but, you know, keeping the house in order, my mother used to do that. Now I have to do that for my house. So that was a big change for me as well. Making sure the veggies in the house, there's drinking water, the house is clean, the clothes are ironed, all those are important things. Mm-hmm. We normally tend to neglect the role of housewives, but I think it's a plays a very big role because everybody wants to come home to a warm cooked meal and eat in a clean house. Yes, completely agree. So I noticed you said my house. How long did it take you to differentiate or when did you start to realize that the house that you are now with your husband and your in-laws is your house as opposed to the house that you were with your dad and your sisters? Because when you go to somebody else's house, yes, it takes a while for it to feel like home, especially when it's yeah. not been yours to begin with. You're just moving in. So when did that realization come to you or do you or do you still feel as though this isn't completely your home or for the reason I felt like this is my house it took me almost one and a half years uh-huh. however um like I say my in-laws really were supportive and they used to involve me in the decision making of the house what should we do or should we do this what's your opinion they used to involve me in the decisions and they're involving me in the really made me feel like this is okay your own. I am a part of this house this is my house and their input on what I think I mean the input my input is important to them it's valuable yeah and they always remind me that this is your house we also value your input if I have a suggestion they are willing to try it out they are willing to listen so it played a big part helping me be able to recognize that this is my house. I can do what I want and also have the freedom to do what I want. So the biggest challenge I had was being judged by outsiders <laughs> because they, in their mind, they wanted a proper housewife. I was not that. I was a career woman and into <laughs> changing into a housewife and all, I used to be judged on my cooking skills. I used to take care of the house, what I believe in like the God I believe in and all that. It was a really challenging time for me Mm -hmm. to stay true to my roots, to be who I am without being influenced by others, you know. Yeah. It really got me down, like constant criticism and constant judgment from people who don't live with you, but who feel that they have a say in your life. It really got to me because inside the house, no one knew how much I was working hard to change my life, to be able to adjust, to try also to be a housewife. Mm-hmm. to my husband now that I'm married as well as be a career woman that was the biggest challenge for me mm-hmm. but now after five years of marriage I I don't care anymore 
I just do me. I just do what's right. I give it my best. Mm-hmm. And if someone wants to judge me, that's upon them. And do those judgments and those comments still come along the way? No, I think, you know, once you're a new bride, everyone looks at a new bride like a sparkly thing, mm-hmm. right? So they look at the bride as a shiny object and they want her to be perfect. In yeah. everything, you know, in taking care of the house, the in-laws, the husband, the king, everything. They want you to be perfect in it. But once they realize you are not, that's where the criticism comes, the judgment comes, the, about how you dress, who you believe in, what you do, how you spend your day, who you Wait, interact with. They have comments on how you dress as well? Yes, they do. Do they expect you to be in a sari all the time? Is that what their expectation yeah. is? Well, one of them was to be dressing more Indian, to be more feminine, you know, to put makeup, to always look good, to do, you know, all those kind of remarks. Mm. But I believe that as a woman, you should stay true to yourself. Be who you are. Do not become a personality based on what other people have said about you. Stick to your true step self. Mm-hmm. I think so. There's a lot of times where the noise from the outside world gets really hard to differentiate between your own voice. And when that pressure, when those comments are so loud, it's hard not to let it affect you. It's hard not to let it, you know, drive your decision making or shut yourself down. Because, and I speak for myself when I say this, is is a lot of times I found myself really drowning in that noise and finding it hard to be myself with a certain group of family members because I feel that they have a lot to say about the way that I live my life or the, the decisions that I make or the choices that I have or beliefs that I have. And sometimes when you speak your mind, you you are who you are, their judgment, their words really sting. They really make you feel small. They really make you feel unvalued and like you're doing something wrong. Like there's something wrong with who you are and the way that you are. And I find it really hard to get myself away from that. How do you manage to do that? Have you always just been that strong of a person or is that something that you just had to build yourself up to? I had to build that uh, resilience and the self-worth. It took me quite some time. There were so many days I would cry, I would be down about a comment someone made indirectly. And, you know, sometimes the older generation do not have a filter. Like they just say it as is and it can be really hurtful. They might think they are doing you a favor by saying it, but sometimes it really hurts. So it's taken me quite some time to build that inner strength and be who I am. Mm-hmm. But definitely it took quite a long time. I can say meditation helped me. Meditation? Yeah, it really did. Because you, you're someone who built yourself over a span of 30 years. You built yourself, your personality, your hobbies, your likes, your dislikes. And all of a sudden, once you get married, the woman is expected to change all that. Yeah. She's supposed to become a robot and do as she's being told. And I do not believe in that. That brings me into a really perfect segue into the next question that I have for you. Do you have any advice for someone who is planning on getting married? Just based off of the experience that you've had and all the things that you've learned and the person that you've grown and become, do you have any advice for somebody who's planning on getting married or any advice for somebody who's in their mid-20s bombarded with their family about, oh, you need to get married now. It's your age to get married. Any advice for the rest of us? So do not let pressure get to you. They will all tell you, time is out, time is out. You will end up, if you don't get married soon, you'll marry divorcees. And yeah. you know, uh, I hear that so many uh, times. Yeah. And widowers and all that. Do not believe all that. That's good. You do you. Your mm-hmm. 20s is meant to, to live like fully, you know, mm-hmm. and explore your freedom and get to know yourself better. And I would advise people in their 20s to do, do that because you're also, in your 20s, we are all a bit immature. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So you need to get, you need to make use of that. You need to make mistakes as many as you can, you know, get to know the world, explore different places, different people, travel. I would say travel, you mm-hmm. know, because it really opens up your mind. And once you've done all that and you feel that you, now you're ready to settle down, yes, 
you're ready to move on to the next phase of life, like settle down, have a wife, have kids, cut back on the fun and, you know, be a bit more serious, then get married. You're never too old to get married. You can even get married in your 40s. Never get married if you are not ready because mm -hmm. that will be the biggest mistake you make for yourself and you'll also be doing injustice to the, to the person you're going to marry. Yeah. Marry when you're ready, when your heart feels right. And if you do get into marriage, communication is the key. Talk about everything. No topic should be uncomfortable for you to talk about. You should talk about everything. Like now I want to go into the little cute stuff. What's the most surprising thing that you learned about your husband after you got married that you didn't know about him before? Let's think that he's one of the wisest guys I've ever met. Every argument or every situation he's gotten in, one thing that has surprised me about him him is that he is so calm that he's able to think through a really bad situation in a logical manner. Mm -hmm. Most of us, our brains shut off when we think of a situation emotionally, but he's able to maintain that calm and think about things logically. And that is the biggest thing that has ever surprised me about him. That how can a human being just be even logical when he's angry, you know? Yes, that's a really good quality. One that we should all strive to have. Yeah, that's one of the things that I learned about him after marriage. And how has your marriage evolved from when you were dating and then when you got married and then to now? How has it changed? How has it evolved? I think we both become mature in terms of our arguments decisions, the way uh, we, we just handle our responsibilities. I feel when we got married, we were kids, we are youngsters. We're just exploring what marriage is. We didn't mm -hmm. understand responsibility. But as the years went by, that's the five years, I feel we've reached a position where I feel I understand him. He understands me. We are much calmer in terms of our arguments, you know. No one is giving each other the cold shoulder, banging doors. So I feel we've matured in <laughs> banging doors. Can we go back yeah. to that? Why was that an yeah. example? Yeah, like I think some of us are emotional. I'm not going to mention more. So you get banged out to make your point. And I think we become more understanding of each other's letdown. Like if he lets me down when I wanted him to do something for him, you know, you understand, like you get to know, like, why did he let you down? You ask those questions, but before you just get mad and angry and not talk to each other for days, like, no, you should have done this for me and you didn't do it. But now I believe that we ask each other more questions. Mm -hmm. And I believe that's the key to marriage, communication. And I keep saying communication, communication. That's the major stone of a relationship. I think communication is a really big factor in just all sorts of relationships, like relationship with your parents, with your friends, with your partner. Everyone needs to have that communication. Like you said in the beginning, no one is a mind reader. If you don't communicate how you feel and what's going on in your mind, the other person's not going to know. So when you have that communication, you have that connection, you have that understanding, it just yeah. makes life so much more easier. Like we've seen so many movies that if if the person had just expressed how they felt, all exactly. the stuff that came after would have been prevented. I agree with you on that, yeah. One thing about our marriage is we both grown as people and also our personalities have changed a bit. Mm -hmm. When you get married, you might have read about this somewhere that you tend to pick up the character traits of your spouse. That was and actually I my next question. <laughs> yeah, so you tend to pick up the traits and you get to learn quite a bit from mm -hmm. the environment you are in. And I feel that's also changed in our years of marriage. What are the traits that you've picked up from him? So I actually picked this up from my mother-in-law. She believes that when you have an argument, mm -hmm. you sort it then, then, then. You fight it out, you sort it out. But the next, once you're done with that argument, the next day you forget about it. You don't talk about it. You don't drink it up. You don't show a cold shoulder. You move on like everything's normal. Mm -hmm. Because the moment is gone, do not bring it back into a new day. That was very difficult for me because I would hold grudges. I would be still pissed about the thing for one whole week. Like I wouldn't be able to do that. But over time, I learned how to like just get my point of course, argue, fight, whatever I have to do. And the next day I would be fine. That's one thing I learned from her. That's like, a you just right have there. To, yeah, you just have to let things go sometimes. The fight mm -hmm. is not worth it. Rather treasure the relationships. And from my husband, I learned that not all your friends are your best friends. Mm. 
everyone's life, you have different types of best friends. Yeah. You have friends who, want, who you just party with. You yes. have acquaintances, you have work friends, and then you have your close circle. But not everyone is a close person, close friend. You have to learn how to differentiate. So when in the moment of crisis, you will not be disappointed that this person was not there for me or expected how to be there and she was not there. You have, once you differentiate that, you'll be at peace and you'll know who to call when you have a crisis. Agreed. Do you know any of the traits or do you see any of the traits that you had that he's picked up or anyone in like your mother-in-law, your father-in-law, any of them have picked up? So they've picked up on my healthy eating habits. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They've definitely picked up on that. What has my husband picked up from me? So when his mom felt sick, Mm-hmm. He used to observe how I used to take care of her and how I used to go out on my way for her, for her medicines, for her doctor's appointments and that. And he replicated that same behavior for her because men generally are not taught how to be caring. You mm-hmm. know, it's not nurturing. Nature is not in them. Mm-hmm. But he he used to see me do this for her. And that is one thing I can say he learned from me, perhaps. Yeah, how to be caring, how to go out of your way. For someone who's in need, a bit of the nurture in nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think he can be a good dad if I'm not wrong. So for your final thoughts, is there anything that I haven't asked you that you feel that you should share? You have the floor. Any of final thoughts? Any comments, questions? Okay. So to the audience of Unfiltered, I would just like you to know that the conversation today with Jill is based on my personal experience. I know everyone's is different. I cannot speak for everyone. And everyone's marriage is different from everyone. You do not have to model someone's marriage into yours. You just have to go with the flow of as is. So please do not bash me. Nobody's going to bash you. I have a very loving following. Yeah. So it's based on my experience. Who knows, maybe five years down there, Lynn might talk to me again. I might say something different. But this has been my experience from the time I met my husband to now. Yes. So that's like ideas. Not a one size fits all. It's I'm not saying everything is worthy. We have had our fights, our arguments, days that I wanted to walk out of the door. Mm-hmm. But you have marriage is about commitment. That's one thing you need to know. You're in it forever. Yeah. So if you're ready for that, then you can. Jenica, you're in it for seven lifetimes please let's yes. the, i always joke with my husband that in the next lifetime i want you to come with uh the face of, of tom hardy and the booty of <laughs> oh wow you just built the perfect specimen right there yeah, yeah and oh marriage is about having fun you know always take it seriously you know some things you have to let let go of the small thing if the socks on the floor just let go just let it be there you have to let go of these things don't let it ruin your perfect day you have to be chill and fun about it you the most important thing about life is you have to have fun in your marriage with your partner hmm. no need to get married for seven lifetimes and be dressed and sad and be yeah agreed right Yes. So I feel like there was a secret message in there to Jenica's husband. Please pick up your socks from the floor. (laughs) I remind him of that. I would also like to say thank you, Jill, for inviting me to your podcast. I had a really good chat with you. I had a really good chat with you. Thank you for taking time out of your busy day. Thank you, Jenica. (laughs) All right. Now that we know the shoddy side effect you can decide whether you want to have that effect on you or not